We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. Welcome to the second episode with Sam and Lauren. This episode is a continuation of the first conversation we had with them since Evan passed away. If you missed the first piece of the conversation, please go back and download episode 13 of A Copper Penny for Your Thoughts. And for those who've already heard the first piece of the conversation, welcome to part two out of four. I am curious if y'all could um, share maybe some of the things that were really helpful for you guys. Um, One of the things I've learned, I think, is a lot of people that are friends that maybe I haven't seen in a while or don't talk to every day or often, they've some of those people have reached out either via Facebook or text or, or whatever. And I've really kind of appreciated it more that Evan some, some way connected with them. And it kind of reminded me of like, if I see something, I might like, like their Facebook post or tell Lauren like, Oh, that sucks. So-and-so passed away or had this happen. But I do generally like didn't message them or, or text them or whatever. And some of the texts I don't respond to, or I haven't gotten through all of them, but it to me was very, I got encouraged, I guess, getting so many messages. It was kind of overwhelming and I felt bad. I couldn't respond to all of them. I've kind of gone through and done it now, but some took a few days, but it was like, Oh, this person from high school, like, donated or sent this message like I haven't seen them in several years that really means a lot to me that they did that and so it was kind of a reminder to me that I should probably I mean when I see something I might think about them or hit the the like button but I don't know take the extra step to actually check in on them even though and a lot of people say like I know I can't do anything it's like but I'm here for you and sometimes that's all you like really need is I'm not the person to ask somebody like, oh yeah, I do need you to do whatever. But it's just nice that people are so generous and considerate that even ask. I've had one of my best friends lives in Kansas City and he was like, I can't do anything from here. It's like, but if you need me to, I can meet you for a beer tonight. I'll start driving. And I was like, well, that's just ridiculous. Like you don't need to drive five hours to like check in on me. But just the fact that he was two of my best friends, like I got a lot of text messages, but two of my best friends called and they both live out of state. And they were both the ones that were like, I can't do anything from Denver. I can't do anything from Kansas City. But if you need me, I will start driving like right now. And so I think that's just kind of what, encouraged me or I learned a lot about just keeping connections and reaching out to those people like I don't need anything from them but just that they offered is what I really appreciated 
and I keep telling like a lot of my girlfriends who have kids who they're on like their second or third child that is around Ryan's age, they've been asking me to go for walks. And it's like, sometimes I, I take them up on it, but then other times it's like, like I want to do this podcast and I think that this is important for us. And, but I'm like, but keep asking. Like you're asking now and I appreciate that. And I don't want them to stop asking. I want them to continue, which I think too, and Sam's point is, you know, later on, like right now, everyone's asking, but it's the months that are going to follow where everything is going to die down and people are going to forget or, and they don't need to remember, but like, if you are going to go for a walk, I'd love to. I'm, I'm home with a, a six, almost seven month old in a very quiet house. Like I would love to get out, even if it's for 30 minutes. I just don't want to, I told Sam, I said, we're probably going to have to change passwords to Amazon. And like, because if I'm stuck at home, I'm going to shop. and. I don't want to, but it's like to get your mind off of reality and what's happening um, and those emotions and feelings, like, which are good to process, but sometimes they're overwhelming. Um, but we, I, think, I think we're realizing how much of a community, we've already known how much our community was before, but now that like Evan has passed, people are coming out. We're getting, we've gotten so much mail of just cards um, from people that we haven't talked to in a really long time, or we know, um, like a family that I used to babysit for in high school, they've sent us something, um, which is really sweet to like know that even though we don't see them all the time, they are thinking of us and they do know us and they've been following Evan. Um, and that Evan had a purpose and he still does, even though he's not here, he'll continue to have a purpose. Um, so what that will be, we will find out. But um, the only hurtful things I can think of that <laughs> that were total accidents is somebody, two people called Ryan Evan, which it was an accident. Which I mean happens. I'll do it like saying my wrong brother, and so it's and I said it totally today. not anything to like they should be upset or embarrassed about like it happens, but that's kind of like, it didn't, I don't want to say it was hurtful because I guess it's not hurtful, but just sad that like, or somebody came in and talked about the boys and then they're immediately like, oh, I didn't mean to say boys. I know you only have one boy. And it's like, it's fine that you said boys, like don't take it back now. That makes it, Harder. Harder or even more awkward. Like, and Lauren has already told me, like, we're going to call Evan and Ryan's room the boys' room. And she doesn't want to stop calling it that. the boys' room. It's not going to be Ryan's room. It's going to be the boys' room. And so, like, that's fine. It's like, we're okay with that. And so it's kind of more awkward or hurtful when you try to, like, backtrack and make, and, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to call him Evan. It's like, I know, I know you didn't mean to call him Evan, but like now we're having the conversation that you called him Evan. <laughs> but so, I did it this morning. I, and I even thought in my head, Ryan and I, Evan came out and I even looked at Sam and I went, sorry. I mean, because I know it's it's gonna happen. We're gonna it's like how when you call your kids, you call them by the dog's name, like it, like how he said his brothers. Like it's gonna happen. And I sometimes I actually smile because it's like I want Evan's name to still be used like he's in the next room. I don't want it to be this like yeah we're not allowed to talk about Evan anymore. 
It's like, no, Evan existed. Evan's a huge part of our lives. He still is. But and some of my family, I've got little nephews and they're like, I don't know, like, are we supposed to ask them or say, like, they get really quiet when we talk about Evan. And it's like, well, we would like you to continue talking about Evan. I mean, he was their cousin and he's a big part of our lives and our family's lives. So like, don't not say his name or be awkward about it, but it is very fresh. So hopefully over the next weeks or months or years, like they talk about Evan or things that remind them of Evan. And, but I think and it's not just this like awkward taboo thing that we can't say his name. And that was one of the things I said in our first podcast was like, and I went in real deep, real fast. It was like, what's the hardest thing? And it's like not being able to talk to your child about your child that's past. Like no one brings them up anymore. And like, I want to hear the stories and I want to, Ryan will know his brother like he's here. We'll tell him stories all day long. Please blow in the face. Like He has a big brother and, you know, hopefully we'll be blessed with other siblings for him. And we can, <laughs> we can also talk with him. We can also like, tell them and like we talked about how spoiled Ryan's gonna be because of all the love that we get that was you know everybody loved Evan and everybody will love Ryan like this kid is so happy I mean we we've done something right all of both of our boys have been very happy boys so there's a lot of love going around in this house um, but I just think as a society we've all been taught like like I said before is like you don't talk about anything hard. Don't make people feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, if they're not talking about it, we shouldn't be talking about it. But um, a lot of people say like that they're sorry. And I know that I've shared that like, I'd rather people say, I love you. And what can I do over the, I'm sorry. Cause I know that you're sorry. Like nobody can imagine. Like I said, I can't even really imagine we're going through it. But other things that people say is like, he's in a better place. Um, no parent wants to hear that, even though they, like, I believe in heaven, but for them to say that, and somebody else told me that when their child passed, I was like, she was saying, like, people were saying, like, well, now he's in the hands of God, and it's like, and she even said, like, so you're saying that right now, my hands as a mother is not as glorified or as helping to him as it would be, like, if, if he could be anywhere else, like he wouldn't want to be in my arms. And like, I at first was like kind of taken back by that. And was like, you know, I'd never thought of that. And like, it's one of those, I don't want people to tiptoe about what to say, but I don't want them just to say what they were taught to say. I want them to say like, I have a friend every morning. She goes, how are you guys doing this morning? What, what can I bring? Like, what do you need? Can I stop by? And like, she knows that I can say no. And that she's okay with that. Like, she's not offended by me saying, like, not right now. Because I know where she's coming from is completely out of love. And she's like, I'm, a, I'm around. So if you need me, let me know. And I think that those conversations are more helpful than just saying what you think that we need to hear for healing. Like, what we need from you is more of just seeing us as parents, seeing us as Sam and Lauren and loving us like we are your friends. Like just being more aware and of things and being compassionate towards us and giving us grace and, and what we're going through, but also in reality, like just sitting with us. You don't even need to say anything. 
it's that community and that connection and that that that's what we need more than you telling me that you know he's in a better place i mean i know that but to another grieving mom who's not where i am in my walk in my faith might be really pissed that you said that and might be more hurt and mad at god because of that comment instead of it taking it as um I mean, people used to say that he, like, people say, like, he's completely healed. At first, when I would think about that before he passed, I would, like, somewhat not be mad, but be like, well, why wouldn't God heal him here? Why, why wait to heaven to have him healed? And it took me my walk and my journey was never mad that he was who he was and where he was. It was more of just, like, God can do anything. But even if he's not going to do it, I'm still going to love and honor God because that's my faith and that's what I believe in and that's who I am. Um, but I I just want people to be aware when Sam and I are very transparent of what's going on and loving, but I want them to understand too, not everybody is like this with their grief. And I do want to be helpful for those that are not like us in our walk and understanding that other people might be very hurt by some comments that we have been taught all of our lives to say or to do or but that's uh, that's that's you in our place and that's, and I said some that. families might like the reassurance of knowing that he's in heaven or in a better place you know we got a letter from our nursing agency and it said sorry our, our deepest um we said like, sorry for your loss. And it's like, they're a nursing agency who loses children probably frequent. You would think that they would have made their own card by now instead of going to Hallmark or wherever to pick up the generic one card. Like how you said, you you picked up that one card about child loss because there's there aren't any, but it happens. And it's like, I would hope that like that agency would find the kind, sweet words and make their own card. Like one person sent us a picture, they made they made their own card and it was a picture of me, Sam, Ryan and Evan from, from Ryan's newborn pictures was on the front of the card. And in the inside, it just said like, thinking about you sending lots of love and prayers. And it was like, it was perfectly said, it was to the point. It was not like, I'm sorry for your loss of your child. It was just very like, even a little generic, but it was sweet and to the point instead of it being this like heavy, like I open cards and they are written from the top to the absolute bottom of the card, even on the back. And it's like, my capacity to read this right now is not there. Like, I don't want to read your words. Like I just close them up and I put them back in the box. And I think at some point in my life, I'll read it, but I don't want to do it right now. That's too heavy for me. If you were going to take the time to read, write that whole thing, I, I, I need to be in my mindset to absorb that when I need to absorb it instead of being mad if something's written, how I don't want it to be written. or Because I know wherever, where you were when you wrote that, you were in the best spot possible to put words down on a piece of paper. I don't want to take that that away from you for you wanting to help me but if I read it too soon it could do the reverse thing and I don't want to do that I don't want it to be 
a hindering thing. I don't want it to be, and grief is funny and it's bad and it's weird and it's hurtful and it's joyful and it's all the emotions that you've never thought you had all wrapped into a moment that could change in like literally a snap, like really like a split second. Like we went to breakfast, like Sam had talked about on Tuesday and my anxiety was already a little bit high because I knew he was going to go back to work that afternoon. That was his plan. Ryan's screaming, like talking like that the whole entire time, a little bit louder. So I'm trying to feed him, breastfeed him at the um, restaurant and he's like not having it. And he's, Sam held him so I could eat and I probably inhaled my food so I didn't even have the time to eat it. Um, And I was getting frustrated as a mom that I couldn't fix it with the grief that I was already going through. And then Sam was like, how I heard it was get him out of here. Being like, you pack him up, you put him out. And I was just, I went from being a little frustrated with myself to being ticked off at Sam. Like, like, I mean, split second. And I was unkind and I was rude. And I like, my purse was over by Sam and I was like chunking my phone into my purse. I was chunking, um, Evan, or sorry, Ryan's um, food that I had in there. And like, Sam was like, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, I have to do all that. And I like, it's all about me. It was like, I, 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 I. And I was frustrated. And Sam was like, maybe it's, um, it's good I'm going back to work. And I, it like just whacked me right in the face. And it was like, so you rather be at work than be home with me and Ryan, which that's not what he meant. But because I was grieving and I was mad and I was upset about that moment, it made this domino effect of like what happened. So of course I'm crying. We were only like a block or maybe a mile away from the house. I'm crying the whole way home. When we get home and I'm like, okay, I said some things that were nasty. I should never have said that. And I said, you said some things that were nasty, but for us to work through this, like we have to not do that to one another because like we're just going to be breaking each other down. And really it has nothing to do with Sam. Like that whole moment had nothing to do with Sam. And it was my grief building up and the expectations in the feeling that he's leaving to go back to work and the anxiety that I was going to have being at home by myself with Ryan just kind of pushed me over the edge. And Sam ended up working from home that day, which I'm so grateful for. But also too, that's not fair to Sam that I'm putting that on him, but he's recognizing my grief and trying to help me through that. And that's where like, I'm saying like a split second. And if you don't catch it or don't go like, okay, like my moment, it's not perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, we learn from that. And that's going to take time for me because I'm always a doer. And like, when I can't do something, I get frustrated and I, and I don't act out directly towards people. I do it. I'm very passive aggressive sometimes when I do some stuff and I learned that and I know that, and I've been trying not to do that, but I, I recognize where it's coming from and I'll tell him it wasn't you. And I'm sorry that I took it out on you. And that's not fair that I took it out on you. You were just the closest thing to throw something at. I'm like, it's, and that's not fair. But like I said, grief comes very, comes in the worst times and like where the same as even like, you were yelling at me at me at the restaurant. I'm like, I don't remember yelling. I don't remember. I was just like in that moment where it was just, I was defeated. And I was, 
fight or flight. <laughs> so, but I, I, I wanted to say that because I feel like a lot of people, you know, see Sam and I put together where it's like, we're not always put together. Things do happen, but we're big enough with, our, with each other too, to be like, I was wrong. I'm really sorry. It'll probably happen again, but at least I'm recognizing it. And when it is happening, I'm trying to pull back faster than letting it become this big ordeal where we don't talk to each other for an hour. Like that's not fair either. Um, he's grieving, I'm grieving. Even Ryan feels it sometimes. Um, and he's only seven months old. Like, So I want people just to know that it is like, even though we are sharing this and what it's going through, the grief is there, the grief is real. Um, but we work together really well as a team, but we've been also doing this as a team since we got married and since the death of his mom and then the diagnosis of Evan and now all the hospital stays with Evan and the death of Evan, like this is a process. It didn't happen. Right. Like we've learned to communicate and talk to each other. And, you know, we, we do rely on one another to help us through things. And, you know, if one can't do it, we figure out how to put people like if Sam doesn't know what to say, he calls and reaches out to one of my friends and is like, hey, you need to talk to Lauren because like she's, she needs somebody. And right now I don't know what the words are and you will. So, um. so Sam, when y'all were eating, when y'all were eating out and she became her passive, she herself described as passive aggressive, um, kind of throwing things into her bag and, and packing things up and getting ready to I go. Was okay, I was chunking them next okay. to Sam across the table. I mean, I'm, there, was, there was really no passes no. on that. The, the, whole, the whole breakfast, she's like, can you hand me this? Can you hand me that? Can you put this in there? And then her phone comes flying across the table into her bag at a thousand miles an hour. But he didn't know no what But he it. didn't know what was triggered. Like, I mean, he said something, but he even said, like, I said, we should get him out of here. And I heard I said, get let's it. get him out of here. And I heard get him out of here. I didn't hear the let's. I heard it. I was taking it as I was doing something wrong. I was failing. I was, even though that's not what he meant. With my grief, I took it the wrong way. So my question for you, Sam, is did you recognize that as grief kind of taking hold? And did you offer her that grace? Or were you just like um, I'm kind of done. We we need we need to just walk away for the moment. Um, Be honest. I, I think I recognize it as some grief, but it's also just frustrating that Ryan screams so much. And when he screams, that's loud. And it's like, okay, like no one wants to have like this. I don't know if you can hear him right now. He's screaming right now, but it, no one wants that at breakfast at nine in the morning. And so, yeah, I think it was kind of like, let's get out of here and settle down on our own time or pace and take a minute to our, each of ourselves. And then when we got home, we talked about how she thought I said, get him out of here, like as a directive of like pack up his stuff and go. But I saw to pay the check. And so part of it was, yeah, let's get him out of here. Like you need to like take him. So he's not screaming in the restaurant and I can, pay the bill, but it wasn't like, you're doing a terrible job. Like, let's, let's get him out of here. I was like. When it happened, I think we were both kind of like, we were both tired. We were both, and we both had our guards. Like at that moment, it was like, you're going to do it with me. We'll do, do it back. So that's why the car ride, we didn't say a thing to each other. It was very like, 
no one said anything. And then we got out of the car and I, and I was like, are you really just gonna stand there? <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? Like Sam can just like brush things off where I'm like, like, and I apologize. I'm like, are you gonna apologize? And he's like, I have nothing to apologize. So we go, Sam, I have nothing to apologize for. So then of course, but then he was like, no, I, I should have seen that differently. But I did not mean it that way. And then we kind of like talk it out. We're like, we're better. But at that moment, I think we were just both. I don't know. I mean, I think he, he recognized my grief, but also didn't want to put up with me throwing a tantrum at a restaurant and storming out. I wonder if I'm across the table. I was not my happiest moments, but. Are, are y'all... Y'all have been dealing with this for now six years. I mean, like you said, you took it back to when you got married, then Sam's mom and all of that. Um, are you, Do y'all feel like y'all are prepared for this in your marriage um, where you guys are right now? No. Okay, no and yes. I think you're asking like, are we strong enough emotionally together to do this together. Oh, yes. Yes. I think we're at a good spot in our marriage. We're like, we are, we are partners. We help each other out. Are we ready for this? No one's ready for this. No one's ready for the hurdles and for the loss and that grief that comes with that loss. Like that's, a, that's the no. Yeah, no, like we'd always talked about life after Evan and things we're going to do or want to do not always that that has come later so we never really talked much in the, in the last year or so year, we've talked yeah. about traveling or moving or we've we've always been in I don't want to sound like we're blaming Evan but we haven't done vacations or trips or we have to live in Oklahoma City because of our community and our support and so we've talked about the last year of, oh, wouldn't it be fun to, I told you the St. Croix story, like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to move to St. Croix or move anywhere? And so we had talked about life after Evan, but it was still way different and harder. And I don't know what the word is to actually not have Evan. And so like every day it's like, oh yeah, we've talked about how now we're gonna be able to take Ryan to the zoo or go on walks, which we've never been able to do before. But it's really hard to do those things. I mean, we are doing them, but it's not as easy as like, oh yeah, it's gonna be so fun when we travel around and move to exotic places for months at a time as actually living through it and so that's what I meant no we are not prepared for life after Evan but yeah on, on a family or a marriage basis we are prepared to stay together because we've been in it for so long and we love each other and oh yeah and I guess we love each other yeah I think if if Evan had been a typical child and passed away in an accident. Yeah, was in an accident or drowned or had some horrific event happen to him. We would have been like, 
emotionally rocked and stability would have been gone. So I guess in a we weird, got, we like got. fortunate way, we've been able to build our base for several years going back to my mom of grieving base our entire marriage. So it's kind of weird that we've been able to do that together and we'll continue to do that. But well, that kind of sucks when you say it that way. <laughs> our whole marriage we've been grieving. Well but it's true. We've been healing. But it, we've been able to talk it out and find what works for us or what doesn't work for us, time alone or time together or whatever small things or big things over the last five years or nine years of marriage, where if something would have just like tragically struck us, I think it would be totally different and harder to navigate days ahead. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does make sense. All that to say, it does not, um, it does not decrease how hard this is for you guys. I mean, no, I don't it's definitely that. not easier yes. or anything, but yes. we have a better understanding of which of what the other one needs or wants or how we deal with things. I will walk away and take a minute to myself to be mad or upset where Lauren likes to be more hugged and talked through things. So we've kind of learned that and how we process things. It's definitely not easier to lose a child by any means. Um, we just kind of have a better understanding of the, the needs of each other. And we also know what to ask each other. So like I showed Sam a picture of Evan, or maybe it was a video. And like maybe at that moment, he wasn't ready to see that where I now know like, hey, are you in the mindset to watch a video with me? And like, not that he doesn't want to watch him. I just need to make sure he knows what he's going to, I just turned it around for him to see it. And I think it was like, whew. Well, like, not, not that you don't that want to see That particular time, I was in a good mindset and I was doing fine. And just whatever, seeing Maeve and Evan was wow. hard. But then I then unexpected, I guess. That so now I, but I now before I didn't even prepare him, I was just like, here, look at this. And it was of Evan during like a time where I should have been like, hey, do you want to see this? And now I know too. And I've asked him, I said, hey, I realized when I brought this up, it made you a little emotional. And he's like, no, you're fine. You can bring that up. Like, I'm okay with it. But I want to be sensitive to him too, that I'm not just walking around being like, Evan this, Evan that, Evan this, Evan that. And he's like, you know, I'm not ready. But it is nice to see those things, even yeah. if it is emotional. I mean, yes. I want to see pictures of Evan and videos of Evan, but sometimes it's hard to scroll through Anna's 90 pictures of Evan dating back to when he was a year old and looks totally different and is on oxygen and Looks like a little fat baby to where it was recently. Like going through, I have to go through all the pictures for the funeral home for his celebration of life. And like, I have to do that in strides because you, you, I start smiling and all of a sudden you start feeling the emotions and not that it's good or bad or indifferent, but it's like, I don't want that to consume my whole day where I can't do anything else after that. So I just got to take a break. 
step away and then I go back and do them some more just because that's what's healthy for me and that's how I want to grieve it. But I feel like Sam and I, we have set boundaries and talked about this for so long and was like, when I say that I need to talk about it, like we need, like not just me, but even him, like if I need to address something, we both need to listen to each other because the worst thing is to block the other one out in that your matter, your feelings matter more than theirs. It's not, they're going to be the same thing you are. And, but I just hope that that this portion helps other people too, because our griefs are, are different, but Sam does recognize that I need hugs and that I need words and to talk about it where his, he needs moments to himself. And I think because we know that, we know that from one each other, we are able to give that to one another two parts to that question that y'all both answered so beautifully when I asked about if you were ready for this in your marriage. No, a marriage is never ready for this, can, can never be ready for this, but together you guys have laid that foundation to prepare and to hold each other through it. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.